All right. What is up, everybody? Good morning. Happy Monday. And thank you for joining us for the 18th episode of the Tattoo Weekly, where we're beaming out from all over the United States. So if you guys are watching on YouTube or Facebook or listening to uh, the podcast, let us know that all of these streams are working in the chat or tag a friend who loves tattoos, you know, or would like to join us on in on the fun. So you can check out some of the other reinventing uh, drawing groups and shows on the reinventing network as well that are always happening and a lot of fun. But before we get started, we want to throw out a special thank you to our stellar sponsors for helping provide this content to you for free. We've got raw pigments with their acrylic free pigments and D lies pro helping artists and clients protect their art. Also, of course, thank you to our affiliates fireside tattoo tattoo now the apprenticeship diaries and eco friendly tattoosupplies.com. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead with our introductions. We've got myself, I'm Lauren Gregory. I'm with Reinventing the Tattoo and Raw Pigments. We also have Gabe Ripley of Tattoo Now and Jake Meeks of the Fireside Tattoo Network. What's up, guys? How are you doing today? Great, great. Fantastic. How was was you guys' frigid weekends? (laughs) Just about that, I would say frigid. It's it's very cold. I don't let it stop me, though. I, I take my walks every day like clockwork. And I know. Um, that's crazy. It, and and are you wearing flip-flops or or actual shoes? I'll wear shoes, toes? you know. And actually, I do wear... I, I'm like... My wife was like, you don't even wear layers. I'm like, I do. I wear a sweatshirt and a jacket. She's like... <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, base layers is how you survive and where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went... Uh, I've, I've told the story about going and doing the guest shop at Gabe's old, old uh, spot before in, uh, in East Hampton, but... Uh, one time, I, one morning, it was, I don't know, negative 40. And I walked to the uh, bank with him and he was dressed about like that. And uh, and I thought, man, we really could be walking a lot faster to this bank. I didn't realize. I thought walking to the bank was like three doors down. Walking to the bank's like a 20 minute walk. I believe uh, in the environment. You know, I don't want to pollute yeah. if I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and roll our clip and we'll get Perfect. started. We'll do the zippy. Sunday night, I mean, uh, uh, Monday at 11. Monday at 11, or 10. Today's episode number 18, which uh, we're creeping in on 20. I'm really happy to be here with you guys, so thank you. Yeah, what are we doing for our 20th episode? What 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 number is that? Is that Number 20, I think, will be in, uh, will actually be at Red Tree. So if you're available oh, nice. oh, cool. on that Sunday, it would be really cool. Um, maybe yeah. we'll talk to Derb or... Some of the awesome guests with the Red Tree Live event would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should. We should combine it with that. I, um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to miss 19. I think I'm I'll, maybe not. I'm flying back from uh, Austin. From Austin, yeah. And I don't know what time my flight is. I may be able to do it from Austin. I, I forget what time we fly back to Memphis. We, uh, Lauren, you were just talking about the uh, the fellow from Austin. 
Corey. Yeah, I was uh, I was noticing my uh, good friend from many years. He's actually from Appleton, where I live. He's got a spot in Austin. Uh, Jake, if you're on, he's um really pushing uh, boundaries with his fine art and um kind of like uh, offering guest spots to international artists. I kind of brought it up to you guys this morning. I noticed he had a uh, his last artist was Val Tatbu. If you guys are familiar, uh, yeah, yeah. she really really stands out as an international kind of a sensational artist. Uh, and, a lot and of talent. Teacher. Yeah, exactly. She will be teaching a seminar at uh, Love Machine in New York. And if you guys are interested, you could literally just go to over to her page and find out more about that. Yeah, yeah. he's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do know. Um, I know Corey. I haven't seen him. I haven't thought of his name in forever. When you text that this morning, I um, I met him years ago. He's been on the podcast, probably one of our earlier podcasts in the in the first 50 or 60, probably. And um one thing I'll never forget about Corey, he's a great artist. Uh, he, he fought in the tattooed gloves thing that they do down at this Austin convention. And um, it was it was funny because I remember before running into him and he had been actually training for the fight. He really kind of had a grudge against whoever he was fighting. But I don't think the other guy knew that Corey was taking it as seriously as he was. And when I went to the event that night, Corey just completely I mean, everyone else had fun and boxed. Corey just tried to take this guy's head off for about two straight minutes until the guy finally just quit. Uh, So I'll never I'll never forget that about Corey. I I I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it, is, awesome. it, is, it is worth noting that uh, we have a guest coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, Hunter Spanks from uh, Baltimore. He works at the yeah. uh, Baltimore Tattoo Museum and does uh, you know, fl- uh, watercolor flash seminars. And, uh, but he's great. So uh, stay yeah. tuned uh, for that. Yeah, yeah. Hunter Spanks, uh, you did an event with him on Tattoo Now, I believe, earlier uh, last year that was super interesting. I hadn't met him personally, but he's got so much knowledge and it's a super cool uh, artist for sure. I, I'm I was lucky enough to uh, to record and take part in his seminar at uh, the Paradise BYOB. He did a watercolor seminar and it was a really kind of hands on thing. And he had tons and tons of flash and painting and work that he that he brought with him. And he really puts out a lot of puts out a lot of work. And he also did that super cool kind of mashup with Guy live yeah. at the BYOB. All that stuff, I think, is available to to download, isn't it, Gabe? It is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now I am, we are shifting over technologies for the, uh, for reinventing. We're moving from uh, uh, two different platforms and kind of consolidating onto one. So uh, www.reinventingthetattoo.com. Yeah. If you search for BYOB, you'll, you'll find the links from there. It's like cor- the courses is the link and mm-hmm. um, it's pretty, it's pretty good though. Uh, that technology shift is great. I was using the, uh, the new app on the iPad. Do I have my iPad around? I'll get it on a break. But uh, it's native, uh, like so. I'm like, it's native to the iPad, and people mm. are like, "What the fuck does that mean?" I'm like, "It's big on the iPad, and everyone's on their phone except for tattooers who have iPads." Yeah, so <laughs> I'm very excited for uh, for that. Is for that, that the difference if it's native to the iPad? Because I noticed, like, if I pull up Instagram on the iPad, it still shows in a mobile kind of setup. Where yeah, I can see bullshit. It's, it does. So, some of some things will double the size or triple yeah. the size, I guess. Right. But if something's native for the iPad, that means it's sized for the bigger screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't even realize how. Uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. I was pretty psyched. The uh, the new it's great. Everything's yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, one of the things you don't think about so much that's becoming more and more of an issue is the um, 
uh, formatting or, or whatever uh, uh, ratio, screen ratio sizes and how how they're really becoming like traditional ratios are becoming a challenge for, uh, I've been listening to some uh, blockchain and NFT kind of stuff. And a lot of these guys who are putting out some really great kind of generative art or some of their own stuff uh, digitally there, uh, whenever it's displayed, a lot of times they mean for it to be displayed in different types of aspect ratios, but it has to kind of compress to either a phone or a 16 by nine on a on a TV or whatever. And, uh, and I've heard two or three people talk about the need for more kind of like uh, uh, for, for more aspect ratios yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, it is so tough. I mean, I mean, even this, like I'm looking at our screen here and it's like, we've got three horizontal screens, but because there's three of us, there's like two and you know, two black spots, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, how do you do this on a phone if we're trying to cut it into a fucking story? Right. right uh, I mean, we right. can, we can figure it out. It's not rocket science, but uh, yeah. it's uh it's fun. I have been using some more of the stories and stuff. I mean, I'm putting together a little bit of a, um, how to use the, the social medias for your uh, stories and shit like that with a couple of like the frames and um, yeah. it is addicting. Yeah. yeah. The only reason, the only reason that I would be putting them on social media is because you could also first put them on YouTube, mm -hmm. which is a search engine. <laughs> I've noticed that YouTube shorts, uh, you guys have just been, um, I'd, their entire format has been a lot different. And like you said, they have the vertical videos now with YouTube. Yeah. So mm -hmm. a lot of changing stuff like that, for sure. I need to explore that a little more. I, You know, when I'm, I'm still going into YouTube and using it, Gabe, like you say, as a search engine. So I'm looking for something specific. I'm, I'm rarely browsing. So I haven't even seen a YouTube short yet, I guess. I mean, especially if the ratio is well, They're only on the phones, right? Okay. So you can only put them up and look at them on your phones. And yeah, it's designed specifically so you're scrolling. And I swear, please, everybody, I, I don't want to like, tell all the competition to flood YouTube with, with content that I want to flood it with good stuff with, but I'm just looking at shit, you know? And it's like the more, the more good tattoo shorts we see, cause, exactly. cause, cause tattoo clips are meant for that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and whereas some of the other social medias are, again, their social medias are designed to keep you there addicted. YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, is going to use those shorts to deliver people to the long form content. Right. Yeah. So, um, in that manner for me, it's like, uh, uh, the best of both worlds. We get to do the, the, the vertical phone short stuff. And again, you know, with the videos that people are doing with their tattoos, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. and, Gabe, uh, uh, question is, can you attest to this? I've seen, um, some traction that like other YouTubers and stuff where they say now that they've implemented shorts into their channel and the content that they produce, their views are just skyrocketing. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it really depends on, again, it all depends on the type of content and the quality of sure. it, right? So, sure. you know, if, and, uh, you know, uh, and ultimately what the goal of the platform is, right? But, and this is where I would contest that, yeah, I mean, we've had some pretty good successes, you know, and again, we're, I'm not like, I don't have it in a routine. I don't have my routine down, right? So I'm not doing all this shit three times a day, like I'm supposed to across all the networks, making sure that these long form things are cut up into the, you know, but when done appropriately and consistently, yeah, absolutely. The the, the shorts, on the, even on the YouTube, it's not all of them, you know, but even if it's like one out of four that are hitting and, the, and again, the goal is consistency. So, you know, I would, I would absolutely uh, put forth that if you update your video on your YouTube, as much as you do your Instagram or your TikTok, then, you know, in, in six months, YouTube is going to be delivering. And, and again, at the end of the day, you know, again, the, the, the intent is different on both of the platforms for people that are using them. So Anyways, okay, I, I, I've sense. also, I'm, I've also been hearing some people complain about Instagram algorithms and shit like that. And it really sounds like chalk on a fucking or, or fingernails on chalk. But I'm like, you were really complaining about the fucking 
Instagram, not to, it's not designed to deliver you shit. It's designed to keep you there and scrolling. And, might, you know, and, and we do make connections. We do do business on it, yes. But like, don't fucking complain about it. You're there for free. You're the, oh, it's amazing that people complain. Yeah. Uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, it was interesting in how that works as well. And it kind of put things into perspective. So last month, my family's YouTube you know, subscription, we saved 30 days of advertising in one month. You know, so it's, it's wow. pretty wild. Hmm. Wait, so explain that. Say that again. You saved yep, they, 30 days. We saved 30 days of advertising by not having, by just having a premium account. So that's how much you're getting advertised. The premium to, YouTube account. Uh, yes. Yeah. So absolutely. it just talks about how much advertising really puts it into perspective. You know, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Marcus so, Leonard turned me that onto that uh, a couple years ago. You turned me onto it. I don't know why I didn't do that before. It's the, I mean, with the amount of time that we spend on YouTube, uh, what is it, 10, 10 bucks a month? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Everybody that's watching this on YouTube or anybody that's watching any of our things on YouTube that does hasn't gotten it, we don't even get the money. Like, yeah. but you save the time. You'll watch <laughs> yeah. more of us. A lot of time. Because you can do that. I mean, it's insane. To your point, Lauren, yeah, it's got to be serious amounts of fucking yeah and you can yeah. uh and then you all, I, I hate to turn this into a youtube fucking plus commercial but you could explore different shit too like there's so many risks that i would take on uh, now that said i'm two years into, into it and i you know i i do have hope that the artificial intelligence is not going to take over because they keep i mean at this point they know my fucking profile and they still serve me the same fucking videos and i'm like come on mm. yeah my, you know, my son shares the fireside profile. He doesn't post on it, but he he's on it, whatever he's searching. So my, my, what YouTube is feeding me is all 12 year old boy stuff. I don't see anything that I'm actually interested in. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think some of the other current events that are happening, um, as you guys have heard in the past, I've spoken about uh, a body art committee under um, kind of like a government entity, I would say called AFDO, A-F-D-O. So every single week we have like a phone call conference uh, type situation where we kind of eyeball what's going on in the, the regulatory world of pigments and stuff in body art, uh, permanent cosmetics and such. So if any of you guys are watching this that are based in the state of Arkansas, that's kind of what one of the main points that we had focused on in last week's meeting. And um, in the meetings, there's, you know, there are manufacturers from the biggest companies in the world. There are uh health inspectors previous fda representatives all sorts of stuff but and if anybody's watching you can attest to this what's happened in arkansas is what i would consider quite alarming so there's regular regulatory entities that have essentially partnered or have recognized just a very small a couple there's two people that are now basically communicating with uh the government on what should happen and basically in a nutshell they're requiring licenses. Essentially, you're you're required to have a new license, but the people issuing the the people issuing these licenses are not necessarily issuing the licenses. So you're just kind of stuck. So it's um, pretty interesting. And what the my point is is not necessarily the specifics, but what my point is is that this is happening in various states, whereas you have to have a very specific type of license and it's not just permanent cosmetics but permanent cosmetics and body art are lumped into one hmm. so what they are all recommending and these are fda officials these are health officials they're recommending that you know exactly who your senators are and you have a plan to communicate with them because some of these things they happen and you can't do anything about it because you weren't paying attention to what is happening in your state so the word is if you know if, you, if you're tattooing if you're a body art anything a piercer 
anything like that, know and follow what's going on in your state. It's uh, imperative because if you don't, there's a lot of technicians that are out of work. They can't get their license. So it's a huge, huge issue and it's not really spread out, you know, because a lot of these things, people are worried about Instagram. They're worried about, you know, their next appointment and stuff. But I highly recommend getting involved, whether yeah. it be writing letters or anything like that. But just know what's going on so you don't become a victim of too little too late. Right, right. Arkansas has always been a, a strange place when it when it came to tattooing. And if you know, it's 10 minutes this way for me. Uh, okay. You know, I, okay. Memphis is on the Mississippi River and the other side of Memphis is West Memphis, Arkansas. So I can I can drive to Arkansas sure. in about 10 minutes. And um, so I, I remember years ago when I first started to actually before I was tattooing, uh, the guy that did the reservoir dogs on my arm at probably 92, 93. Uh, he you was ever, sorry, you ever reservoir dogs tattoo. You've never noticed that. Yeah. Like from the play. movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. From like right after it came out. That was, that's how much I loved it when it came out. Awesome. But um, uh, uh, I've, I've intended to cover it for years, but it's just never happened. Anyways, I the guy who did this tattoo was one of the more established tattooers and really one of the better artists at Memphis. And for whatever reason, moved to Jonesboro, Arkansas, kind of a, a, at that time was a smaller town. And uh, they had no, back then, they had... Um, no way to transfer uh, an existing license. The only way to get licensed in Arkansas was through a traditional apprenticeship. So he ended up in this whole kind of, uh, you know, this thing of dealing with with licensed Arkansas tattooers who obviously he had no need, there was no reason for him to apprentice under these tattooers, but they wanted crazy amounts of money to, to sign off on an apprenticeship. So it just became this gaming the system type of thing that was so unnecessary and silly and, you know, and uh, it, it could have been fixed with Lauren, to your point, just by talking to any sensible person, uh, you know, <laughs> a legislative person that, that could that could present, you know, this this issue. And, and, and show it, was, it was easy to show what a problem it was, uh, but it was just one of those things. I guess Arkansas has always been, uh, you know, a little bit behind the curve when it, when it comes. I to can that. show you a real quick. Uh, I know that nobody enjoys this type of stuff. It is so super boring, but this mm. is kind of the bill that they're looking at. Um, and it's bill SB 625. So if you're in the state and you are interested, it's only like 45 pages. Read through some of this stuff. It does affect, I mean, we're, tattooing is lumped in as body art. So there's different rules and regulations that is great to pay attention to. And if you are too busy, uh, you have a shop manager or something like that, that would probably be a smart move. Yeah. And, and this say, is, uh, oh, I was going to say this has happened with COVID where artists were kind of forced. You saw Derb being proactive, Litos being proactive in Florida trying to communicate, communicate with uh, people who could actually um, help. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, democracy is a participatory sport, sure. right? Right. A full yeah. contact participatory sport. Sure. Yeah. yeah uh, moving on. past that boring stuff, Gabe, I think you had a cool video to share with mm -hmm. everybody too. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I did a, uh, I've been doing the, the tattoo now interviews more and there's a, actually got a, an agent or two that are passing people my way. This guy's uh, uh, Matt Yule. He's from the UK. And uh, he's got a really awesome style. I don't know where I am in this video here. I'm just going to kind of plop this in because I didn't uh, uh, prepare enough. But the tattoos are really cool. I'm not, oh, okay. Hold on. Ha! Okay, fuck it. We're going to do live. This is uh, Matt Yule. And uh, you, you'll see the different types of, uh, yeah, the different tricks that he's pulling off. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Share the sound. And we're just going to hop right into the middle of this here. Like, sort of every artist that's a artist that you you always feel like you're learning rather than teaching if that makes sense sure 
Oh yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely a fair amount of people that uh, are always intimidated or, or not intimidated, but to your point, they're like, well, what do I, I I'm just me, what do I have to teach? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm just, I mean, I, I, you do, <laughs> that's for sure. Again, I'm just looking at a couple of the different, uh, uh, you know, effects that you have going off here. And, and it's not like a kitchen sink of shit. You know, it's like you're very deliberate about when you're doing what. And it's not trivial to mix, you know, the hard lines with the realism, but make it look yeah. fucking right, you know. Um, and it's fun because it seems like there's some rules. And again, I don't tattoo, so I just like I just like hear everybody. But it feels like there's rules that I've heard that you're breaking, but it's working. Um, I don't know. I guess yeah. I, you know better than I. <laughs> there's yeah, there's so many different rules that you get. So, but I think sort of the the cool thing about tattooing is you're always sort of learning whilst you're tattooing. So you're always learning something new. And not necessarily the rules that you've been taught are the right way. It's sort of what works for you as a tattoo artist rather than being rigid and, and listening to exactly what someone else has done. Yeah, it's, it's funny for a, an art that is kind of born out of rebellion, or at least uh, in recent times, um, to your point, it's like it's born out of rebellion, but there, the, there's always been an undercurrent of like, follow what we do and don't fuck around. Yeah. And uh, Although that said, there are definitely lessons that I watch, you know, younger artists learn again and again. I mean, and I learn it because I hear, you know, people that have been tattooing 25, 35 years being like, yeah, we used to do that. <laughs> we don't anymore. But uh, I don't, I'm not seeing any of that in here. I mean, obviously, these pieces are all, you know, fucking, these are great. So do you tattoo a lot of tattooers or? Um, a fair few, to be honest with you. Um, I've tattooed most of the guys that work here with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I do get quite a few asking me for for tattoos as well, which is it's quite nice to, to be asked by other tattooists. It's quite humbling to be asked by another tattooist to tattoo them. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so that's, uh, that's your seminar right there. I mean, you're already teaching seminars. I imagine that they're asking you about the tattoos and what you're doing, or I mean, I'm sure they're watching regardless. Yeah, you get you get the odd, the odd question. I mean, not, not that I know exactly how to explain what I do to them while I'm tattooing them, but sure. Yeah, uh, part part of the fun of learning is just watching other people, isn't it, sir? The um, yeah, those are really nice pieces. He said, "There's I've got a whole folder full." Uh, yeah, audio. Oh, sorry. I really like. Yeah. I really love his work. <laughs> uh, first time that I've heard him speak. Mm. That's very fun. And then let's see. Next uh, next week, I've got uh, Whitney. Uh, she does a awesome black and gray work. She used to come up and do guest spots at the shop, and uh, she'll be on with uh, with Bob Tyrell. So we're going to do like a full oh, nice. black and gray. Uh, What's her last name? Whitney. Oh, shrub. I can't pronounce it right. Uh, so I'm not going to try it. I'll, I'll have a. Uh, I've really been digging your tattoo now interviews, Gabe. Uh, it's something that I enjoy listening to. Yeah, thanks. I, you know, um, I have like two years of like the, the, the lost interviews. The Doing them live <laughs> is so much easier. I have, but um, I, you know, I wish as, as we all do, like having just a little bit more focus, I think would be, is the next step and to, to, to tighten everything up just one more round, but I'm really lucky. The artists are awesome, you know, in, in some ways, especially if I could just, uh, you know, flash up some pretty pictures. Um, and then when I hear myself going, uh, 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 I like, no, no, just be quiet and look at the picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There seems to be a definite different dynamic from doing things live versus pre-recorded. Yeah. Yeah. You said we have our guest in the waiting room? Yeah. Did I see that? Yes. Hunter Spinks is here. Awesome. You want to go ahead and let him in? 
Uh, I don't know what our time frames are. Lauren, what time? Yep. You have to cut out a little bit early? Yeah. Uh, yes, a little bit early today. Okay. So yeah. we'll go ahead and let Hunter in yeah. and here we go. All right, Hunter, you're in the room. I'm just getting your video and stuff set up. Thanks for joining. Other than that, Jake, what is your plan for getting down to Austin? Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, I am excited. It's going to be a, uh, hey, Hunter, how are you? Uh, yeah, how are you? Great, great. Um, yeah, it's good. I was able to, I was really bad about promoting the, the that I was going. I didn't even tell anyone, so I had no appointments. And then uh, we made an announcement yesterday, and I booked the weekend, so. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. On. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. What's up, Hunter? Uh, this is my first time meeting you. It's uh, killer work, stellar stuff. Really to happy to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for, thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm still waking up. <laughs> uh, what time zone are you in right now? I'm Eastern, but I got up and I went to the gym and stuff. So should I say I'm recovering from my morning workout? Gotcha. So. <laughs> nice awesome yeah is that something that uh you have started uh recently or were you always like uh uh get up get up and go at them no 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 the polar opposite i started it in september um okay. i was starting to push 200 pounds my cholesterol's through the roof mm. and you know i'm 49 years old so <laughs> i just had, no joke just add that to the regiment of you know you know, as you know, Gabe, you know, changes that I've been making in my lifestyle since, you know, for like the last five years. So that's the most recent one. And I'm sticking with it pretty good. <clears throat> awesome. And you have uh, kids? No. No? Okay. So you're doing no. this for yourself. 100% awesome. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I got to get healthy for my kids. Like, no, no, no kids. No girl at the moment. I've been single for almost three years. Um, yeah. Life's, life's good. <laughs> but you haven't been able to travel though no are you a, you're a, a traveling kind of a, a guy or? well yeah i mean so what 2006 to 2011 was probably my biggest period of traveling you know um i was lucky enough to get over to some of the european conventions pretty much every year through those years mm. um you know, in a handful, like a slew of others sometimes just one time only you know actually going back to uh columbus here in a little bit what a couple weeks that'll be my first time back since like hell city and like maybe 2005 or something i don't know oh wow. awesome yeah so yeah, uh, but yeah so just to, just to let people know uh the the reinventing the tattoo live that's happening at red tree and true tube hunter will be heading over and tattooing all traditional stuff for the two days and uh, drawing and stuff so are you te teaching anything, Hunter, or just uh, just going to tattoo and, and uh, I self don't know. I guess ask Gabe. I have yeah, no you idea. Know, I, I, <laughs> you know, I think that the timing had worked out so that we had filled up all the spots, but if, I'm sure that, you know, you're, you're going to be there for two days. So if anybody I'll be wants, there if anybody exactly. wants to do one-on-one -on -one or something like that. I mean, I'm always down for that. I'll, I mean, I'll have stuff with me. So, yeah. you know, however it works out. Um, yeah, because I, I jumped on or kind of confirmed last minute i know because i kind of like i i have a hernia i have to get operated on so i've been trying to wait and see when they were scheduling that surgery so uh you know speaking so, of getting old huh Fuck. Well, i mean it is what it is but that was just like i think gabe you know you'd hit me up at the end of last year at the beginning of january and i was like i i just didn't know at that point in time 
Um, I really hadn't even had the second consultation with the surgeon on what we were going to do and everything. So, um, you know, that is what it is too. I mean, luck, luck, I mean, I'm in luck with it. I mean, I have no pain from it or anything. It just, I kind of have this third eye thing sticking out of the top <laughs> of my belly button, you know? <laughs> so sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, to uh, distract you from your story. You were talking about uh, Hell City like in 15 years ago or 17. Yeah, well, 17 years ago. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah, I mean, I did, I mean, it wasn't much, I mean, you know, that, but that was like the only time I did that one for no other reason. I mean, I jumped around, I never really stuck to like a strict, there's only a handful of conventions. Um, and not even really a handful. Like I was, you know, like I said, I was lucky enough to do London from 06 to 2011. Um, you know, got to do Milan a couple of times, but like Rochester is probably my longest uh, running that, you know, I've stuck with, you know, I've known Jet, Jet for a little bit and uh, I like the vibe of that convention. You know, it's small yeah. the way they used to be, you know, the way when I started going to convention and nothing against big conventions. Cause I mean, obviously London's like the polar opposite the biggest, of that. Uh, like, yeah, one of them. Yeah. Huge. It's mind blowing. It's like a shopping mall of tattooers. Um, well, Rochester's always kind of had that. That's the Rock City one, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's got always had like I haven't been there, but the the vibe that it gets out is also is awesome. My uh, and my daughter is now in Geneva there, so I'm, I'm hoping to. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, April twenty second through the twenty fourth. As far as I know, I mean, we just got oh, the yeah. green light yeah. from them. I mean, it's you know kind of been on again, off again for yeah. you know like everything has, but like as far as I can tell right now, it looks like we got a green light, and that's when it's going to be this year. Um, you know, I, and I'm always no, go ahead. Oh no, I just I kind of started to slim down as some of these conventions got bigger, and maybe not necessarily knowing who promoters were and things like that. Just a little bit more selective on. Mm-hmm you know, who kind of was on that. Put it this way, if I, if, if I was not going to be busy that weekend, I wanted tattooers that I, you know, I wanted to be able to go over to a tattooer I looked up to and, you know, sit down and at least watch them tattoo or shoot, you know, some of these shows, sometimes it's, you know, the talent I don't think is quite there. And it's kind of a bummer knowing you're kind of sitting on your hands because the, you know, the guy next to you is, you know, half your price and, obviously the quality of the work reflects that, you know, yeah. that, that can be, that can be frustrating. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, to, to your earlier point, I, I really have, I really love small kind of boutique shows for one reason. It feels like summer camp to me. I, I feel like I see the same people at those shows that I pretty often don't see at any other show because right. maybe it's in some small part, like neck of the woods that people don't really get to. But one of the challenges with that for, especially for promoters that are running small shows or, or even trying to, you know, start shows is getting uh, getting solid artists up and down up and down the aisles, and I've watched that happen. I've watched the kind of struggle of some of these small shows, just trying to get you know they just want a couple of anchor guys in there or, or people in there that can draw in you know uh, some other high quality people, and it's really um, I mean it's a teeter tottery thing, you know, like they have to fill booths, but and they're doing their best to get someone in that can pull other. Uh, competent artists in but it's not easy to do a lot of times you know that, that's for me yeah. and, and uh hunter maybe if you want to talk about that, that that london show man mickey really was able to pull in like all high quality people from like all of the different schools and, of tattooing mm-hmm. and and uh it, it really is a is a mind yeah you know, i was lucky enough to do it at the 
you know, original location, the Trauma Brewery, I mm-hmm. think is how it's pronounced. And it was like a three-story thing, but when they moved it over to the tobacco docks, like, I don't know if either of you have been over there. I have been there. Um, so the tobacco docks, I don't know what it, like, you can look up the history of it, and I have, and I forget what it is. But they've obviously they, they've renovated this place. I mean, it's like there is like a little canal to it. So I'm assuming some shipping or of some sorts went through there. Um, but it's like all glass roofed pretty much. Um, it is two stories. So, but like all the artists are like under this glass roof and it's like all these glass rooms. So when I say it's like a shopping mall, like whatever your room number is, I, you know, there's probably those booths are smaller and they're, you know, kind of like an actual, like, instead of our tapestry booths, like almost like hard wall, like hard back booths. Um, I don't know, they maybe fit. I mean, there's still two to a booth. So maybe there's 10, maybe a few more. So like 20 in each room or whatnot. And like the few years I went, like your name was on the door to like the glass room and stuff. Yeah. It was really, really neat. Like, oh, that's cool. and I mean, and you know, two, the years I got to go, lots of heavy hitters, but, you know, since, you know, the last few years that it happened and sadly, you know, it's maybe not going to happen again or on hiatus. I mean, it's, you know, been 10 years <laughs> since I've done it, but it's been awesome to see people like, you know, like when I was going, Mike Dorsey wasn't going, but, you know, to see and like that dude, the last couple of years that it happened, I had, you know, these huge art shows and, you know, to sit from afar and see that happen and not be there. It's kind of sad, but then like, you know, that's, I guess, to the point of what you're saying and what Mickey was able to do, it definitely still, the years that it ran, wasn't always the same people. Like, you right. know, there was, so whether it was that art, you know, whether it was say back 10 years ago, Mike's traveling and what he wanted to do or whatnot, um, you know, it, it, it still wasn't always, the same complete lineup of artists. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's important to keep it a little fresh. Yeah. I mean, tattooers don't want to keep going, but I mean, as a convention promoter, you know, it's like, I mean, one of the reasons why I would move around my show is because people don't want to go back to the same place again and again, and again, and it's a lot of fun to go. And, but that, that falls into alignment with what I'm about. I, I, you know, I also just want to travel and go all these nice places. I'd rather go to a dozen nice places than, you know, the same place again and again myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would think that like we were talking about Hell City and that that Phoenix show is, is, is a perfect example of that. It's a really beautiful resort. And of course, Derb puts on a nice show. But, if, you know, you, you're looking at other things that are happening around the same time. And, as a, you know, as a tattooer now, you have so many options if you want to travel. And you're like, man, that's I love that Arizona Biltmore. But and I've swam in that pool a lot of times now. You know, I've done that. Like I've done that Saturday night, whatever pool party enough. And I've done the hikes. And it's like maybe it'd be nice to go somewhere else. And so I would imagine it's a challenge to. Uh, you know, as a promoter, especially with a destination place that is kind of, you know, what it is. Uh, and it's, and it's always that. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, there's always people that want to experience it, right? That's the beauty of the tattoo world and everything, right? It's like, yeah. you know, there's, 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 there's and, it, and it's, I mean, I've watched all of, a round of my tattooer friends in the last, say, four, you know, three to three to five years kind of go through various stages of like, I'm just going to hunker down and create art. Like I did the scene and, uh, but it wasn't, you know, it's not for me now. It was, it was then in, um, but the art that people can then get to create as they're doing that. And then they come back out and they go around. I mean, it's all uh, ebb and flow, right? It's like band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's easy to, um, especially after the last couple of years that we've had where a lot of us just ended up sitting in our studios uh, and then you start to get used to the idea and you start to think, oh, man, you know, it was a lot of hassle to pack all of my gear and book someplace I can tattoo. I know I can tattoo here th three days a week and make my living and spend the rest of the time in my studio. And and it's easy to start thinking that way. But then as soon as you get back out there and like see those faces again for the first time or like hear the, you know whatever just you know set up your booth or whatever you're like oh yeah i do kind of miss this it's uh you know sometimes it just takes getting back out there and doing it though to realize it no it's it's a lot of fun i not convention wise i had more guest spots planned mm -hmm. for 2020 when everything shut down but some of these shows too the idea i get is when you're packing these convention halls with 800 artists this that and the other and you know obviously even before you know the last couple of years but prices creeping up you know some of these folks they're buying you know if they're smart and they plan on coming in three days they're buying the three-day pass but if they're getting it or even only come in two days you'd still probably be better better off buying a three-day pass because of one day getting in and then if you're like in baltimore or whatnot you know you're gonna pay 30 to 50 dollars for parking for the day hmm. you know 20, you're a hundred dollars in before you even walk through the door. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I mean, what we do costs money, you know, right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's, you know, no bones about it. I also think to some people, some of the, it, it, it's as our popularity has grown over the last 25 plus years. Um, you know, it, it, at times I cynically say it can be kind of like a fashion show when you see that girl walk by in her three different outfits through the one <laughs> afternoon and she's not there to get tattooed. Her group is not there to get tattooed. They're just there to be seen. Yeah. And there's cool, there's a cool thing about it, but I guess that there, there is an element of maybe like, you know, at car shows, they don't necessarily sell cars. You know, you go to look at cars right. and in some ways, some of what we, we, we do has kind of transformed into that, you know? So yeah, it might be oh, a little oh, bit oh, of just yeah. showcasing your, your artwork and maybe you don't do a lot of work, you know? I think that's a good, uh, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, uh, you know, guy, guy had leaned on me a couple of years ago to do like the art retreats, you know? So that's like a hundred tattooers with no tattooing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, to yeah. your point, like, but uh, it is crazy. I guess it's, there's, you know, it's, all sorts I, of crazy parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say that that that's that car show is kind of is an interesting comparison, uh, and, I, and I think a good one, uh, especially since um, a lot of tattooers, since a lot of tattooers have reached kind of a celebrity status. There are people that just come to see their favorite tattooers just to be in the same room with them now, like they would at at say like a comic con, so they come and see you know, their favorite their favorite artists. They're not necessarily there to buy anything from them. They're just there to kind of be in the presence of their favorite ink master or whatever it is. And, and that's something that, you know, you talk about that's changed the last 25 years. That's something that's changed in the last decade, really, uh, where people are coming to tattoo shows, not necessarily to get tattooed, but just to be around their, whatever, the, the celebrity tattooers at a lot of these shows, which is yeah. something I would have never considered. That's funny. It is like going to see your TV, favorite TV stars at the, yeah. at the, at the Comic-Con. Right, right. Hunter, do you, uh, when, when you are doing guest spots or, or shows, do you, uh, are you booking a lot beforehand? Or are you the type that just likes to like put out flash and see what, what, what comes along and I, what's, I would, what's a typical? I, I would like to be booked, but mm -hmm. maybe I'm not a good networker or a good, <laughs> so I'm usually, I'm usually not very booked on either, 
guest spots mm -hmm. or, or uh, you know, a lot of times guest spots that'll use, you know, I try to get to some different ones, but a lot of times it's, you know, just friends that I've known. So usually it'll be a, you know, handful of things from other guys in the shop or whatnot. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm a walk-in tattooer, you know, mm -hmm. so um, what, whatever comes through the door, you know, convention, it would be nice to have more stuff, but like I said, I don't, you know, I don't know if I use the wrong hashtags or whatever. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, it all generally, I used to stress about it real bad. And honestly, too, like my ego was pretty big. So I used to get like, I, I would get pissed off. I mean, there's, you know, if we're going to be quite honest, you know, um, and, and frustrated and just like, screw this. And generally, like if it was a convention, if I wasn't kind of busy by the evening on Friday, like early afternoon, I was checking out and getting drunk and mm. I, it, you know, and then that usually started that cycle for the weekend, which, so there a lot of times, basically I'm being honest and going, you know, I kind of shot myself in the foot back in those days when I, you know, that was my behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> I remember you and Jesse having a, a conversation uh, either at his seminar or at yours when you were breaking up that you, both of you guys had, had kind of quit drinking and changed your lifestyle pretty drastically. Uh, yeah uh in the in recent year and jesse i guess it's been a lot of years but i guess for you yeah. it's just been the last two or three years that you no, 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 Octo yeah october was five years for me oh, nice. so i mean yeah. i don't and it, it doesn't matter honestly I, like i'm sober today so that's mm -hmm. we'll see you know yeah. <laughs> right. i don't get too far ahead of it you know but yeah. just like you know reflecting back on that that was just like you know i had gotten a little i'd gotten some kudos from people in the industry or whatever and like when Tattoo Artist Mag was out, Crash, you know, definitely pushed me a lot and, you know, helped my name get out there. But like I said, with that came kind of this ego and it's just like, well, why am I not working? Why am I not doing this and whatever? And, you know, and then it would just cycle into bad habits, you know, mm -hmm. on the weekend. That usually never, like, they didn't really happen at guest spots. Like I said, guest spots are always kind of, you know, you kind of go, like, I'm always looking for new places to go, people to reach out or like, this that and the other but it's usually people that whether it's through conventions um you know that i've met and that i know and two i like a lot of times you know i mean as of recent going down to um tim forbus's place down there in uh stant virginia like little small yeah. towns you know yeah. um george archer's place down there in petersburg virginia just south of richmond you know yeah. these little small main street towns or whatnot that you know these really cool artists have developed this cool clientele you know so you get this mixture of like street shop stuff and then you know you get these kids or you know friend you know people who have been tattooed by everybody in the shop so it's like hey we set you up with this guy and whatever you want to do they'll be cool with it you know so yeah and you, 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 i like the mixture man I, you know i don't i might get too much ego again if all i got to do is the shit i wanted to draw <laughs> right but I, I would assume even going places and not having something to do it, you know, in advance, you're, you're prolific enough in the amount of work that you put out that it's like people know what what you do. I would think that there's that you have a steady stream of walk up kind of wherever you go because uh, because you there, you put out so much work for people to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm always prepared. Yeah. yeah. So, and like I said, though, I'm pretty easy. like, you know, I think I when I really started painting heavily. 
um, it was to balance out being in street shops and being frustrated going, well, I don't get to do any of the cool stuff. We'll draw and paint the cool stuff and hopefully you'll get to tattoo it. Yeah. You know, and then too, you can also have, you have these finished products that you can show people. Cause I mean, you try and explain, you know, some kind of design that maybe their idea that they brought in and going, um, well, we can do that traditionally. Well, they don't know what that means. You know, I, I, I still find at times, you know, um, maybe sometimes it's the counter people or myself, you know, you're talking to somebody and you're using terms like negative space or whatnot. And they don't know what the, you, honestly, you, you know, if they come in for lettering, you go, what kind of font do you want? An average person does not know what a font is. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. I remember uh, a few years back, we had uh, Euless Blair on the show. I don't know if you know Euless. He's an Alabama. He's not in Alabama now, but he was an Alabama tattooer. Uh, And um, he made the the point that that if you're trying to stay busy and, you know, and work at conventions or guest spots that you should do fully rendered work that the blue pencil sketches or, you know, colored pencil sketches don't translate to people walking down aisles. They don't know. They can't visualize what that skull actually looks like. But if you'll render it, fully then you know then you know you really shoot up the number of people who are who are interested in it because they can see what it actually is so pretty um, pretty obvious advice whenever you think about it but a lot of people don't think about it especially when you walk down aisles and you just see sketchbooks or or tracing paper you know stuck in a board with just blue pencil sketches on it well it's you know it definitely worked for me and i still don't do it but one year i, I don't remember exactly what year it was due in london um I had done, because I like four by sixes, but I had done, I, I forget how many it was. We'll just say 10 or whatever. Um, fully rendered four by sixes and, you know, had the price with it and all in the price basically would include getting it tattooed and you could mm-hmm. take the painting with you. Yeah. And, you know, when you're doing something like not, you know, you got this package deal, but like having it priced because when, especially internationally, a lot of people that are coming up your booth and I speak no other languages don't speak your language. They know what currency they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So as long as it's got the little pound sign next to it and a number, they don't have to interrupt you because honestly, they're generally not as rude as Americans are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to sit there and like, not to say that I, like at an American show, I've had somebody come up and be like, Hey buddy, or whatever. But you know, they'll generally, they might stand there for a second, but they'll, they'll quickly move on and, you know, find something they can interact with. Or, you know, I had it laid out like that and, you know, they at least knew the price or whatnot. So um, yeah. I can't remember if I did every single one of them, but it definitely was the one of the busiest years I had at that show, you hmm. know? Yeah. 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 These pieces all look, look awesome. Yeah. I oh, love them. Yeah, I love your, um, I love your the flash, uh, and and it seems like you sold a lot of it at the at the BYOB, uh, or at least uh, people coming up afterwards. The stuff that's the color combinations with the kind of um, ochre background and the hot pink kind of popping forward. Uh, that that you know when you step back and just look at the work as a whole, that's such an interesting color combination. I don't know what I just saw that reminded me of that one of those pieces. Uh, it, it, uh, that was for a show last summer at Westminster Tattoo Company which is kind of close to where I live. I, you know, I work at the Baltimore Tattoo Museum in Fells Point. Um, I've been there coming up on two years. Um, but uh, Beth reached out to me and asked me, she's got like a pretty big art space wall in there. 
And I mean, I generally, I have plenty of stuff that I, if I didn't want to paint new stuff, um, I wouldn't have to, but I kind of, when I'm asked to do it, you know, with the shop's got a group show coming up and it's kind of one of those situations of like, I don't need to paint anything new, but it's kind of like, I should paint, you know, <laughs> new stuff for it. So that was one of those situations. And I had just done one painting and like with that color scheme. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I honestly did the most paintings I think I've ever done and ever. Like I did most of that show in like a day and a half or two days. And it was like 25 oh. pieces. Like wow. it was it was ridiculous. It was really like there was one, the what the one day that I did the majority of the show was, you know, I'd got up at seven that morning or whatnot. And I think I went to bed, you know, one or two the following morning and mm. pretty much sat religiously and just usually I, I, I procrastinate. And that, well, I procrastinate and I also do when I'm working, I can, you know, I take a lot of breaks. I can get sidetracked a good bit, you know, so it's it's like yeah. you do it all the time. Well, I have to do it all the time because I never sit down for, you know, long hours, you know, three, four five hour stretches. And, you know, it's all done in 45 minute increments. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few comments here on the on the fireside uh, uh, YouTube. I've missed a handful of them. But uh, what this last one says, uh, when I do designs, I always fully render everything. But it's mostly for me. And that's actually the way it should start. Sure. You know, uh, it's it really you know, it shouldn't necessarily be for the, for the end user. It should be to work out, you know, your, um, uh, uh, your, your process kind of all the way through. Uh, and that's really how you challenge yourself and find, you know, and do interesting things. I, uh, anytime I see someone that's putting out work that really strikes me and I go like, wow, what, you know, how did they come up with that? It's because they fully rendered that and played with the idea and pushed themselves and probably got it to, to a point of being finished and then looked at it again a week later and said, you know, what would be cool is if I did this instead of that. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'm with you sugar waters. That's it. That's, that's the way I, I try to do it too. I try to, uh, pick a piece. I don't fully render every piece that I do, uh, but I try to pick a piece, uh, and, uh, always be working on something and getting it to a point of finish. Uh, I think it's so important to finish work. If, uh, well, I say that, and then I've got so much unfinished, everything sitting on these walls is unfinished, but I think it's important to finish something every week. You know, so. Christian, Perez, I took his oil painting. I've never really messed with oil paintings. And that seminar for me was awesome. Although I still have not picked it up because I'm afraid of um, having to clean all that <laughs> stuff with watercolor. It's pretty simple, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was something he said, um, you know, about finishing paintings. And I used to be really religious about not starting stuff before I finished other things. And now I just, I mean, I'm sitting at my art table right now, a slew of um, unfinished things, including the painting I did at the seminar that stares at me going, finish me, finish me. You know, I, yeah. I was happy with what I did in a few hours that we were there doing that. But like I said, the, the idea of turpentines and oils and all that stuff, it's just like, uh, yeah, you, you it's really a cool do. Me it's a cool medium though. Like it's always been what, I mean, you know, in, in high school and stuff i mean i the the old masters i mean that's that's the stuff i love it's yeah. you know mind-blowing 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the difference is I, I keep a watercolor set up right here. And in fact, here are brushes that have been sitting in water for, I don't know, a week now that I haven't had to do anything with and I can just rinse them off and they're fine. But to start an oil painting over on that side of the studio, I really have to commit to the day. You know, I don't want to paint for 20 minutes because, you know, those brushes are too expensive. Uh, if I leave them sitting in the right. turp, then it, you know, first off, I've got an open turp sitting there. And then second, they get nasty and gummy. And I don't want to take the time to actually clean them after 20 minutes of work. So it's definitely more of a commitment to to sit down and make an oil painting. Uh, whereas, like I said, I just leave these watercolor brushes sitting here. <laughs> I hardly ever clean them, to be honest. They just sit in water and start over. Yeah. Uh, uh, from, from Sorry, real quick. From the chat room, Atomic Injection says, uh, awesome show thus far. Um, I think that thus far, thank you. Us, uh, a little bit of time to screw it up, but not that much more time. <laughs> oh yeah, not much more time. Yeah, we're about to wrap it up. I've got. And speaking of all this, uh, make making art, I've got to go do a tattoo in an hour. I had to reschedule somewhat. I normally don't tattoo Mondays, but I have to today because uh, I'm headed to that Austin convention. Awesome. I'm leaving Thursday, so I had to move my Thursday appointment. So. Well, let me uh, oh, yeah. let me fire up Hunter's uh, yeah. Instagram real quick for. Uh, yeah. For your closing words or, or last kind of comments or last to close to help close out the show, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, so here we are. This is uh, HR Spanks on the Instagrams. So if you're addicted to uh, well, social Instagram media, Facebook. yeah. Yeah, it's the same on Facebook too, I think, you know, if anybody's still using that. I post <laughs> everything through Instagram. Definitely. Well, I try to hit. The, I try to take from social media and then give to the search engines. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, Instagram is my posting platform. I never get on Twitter. I don't even, you know, I, don't, I like I have a link. To, you know, stuff goes out there. I don't even check in on it. And Facebook is where I get voyeuristic because I don't know. I like watching people argue with each other. It's silly. It's a silly bad habit, I think, but. Yeah. You know, everybody has these opinions and they think people want to hear them. You know, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a bit, I have a bit of that um, problem when it comes with sports season. I know G Gabe will, <laughs> his eyes will glaze now, but whenever, you know, whenever my team loses badly, I immediately go to their, uh, to the fan pages, Instagram and just cruise through all the comments to see I everyone bash them. I, I don't know why I want to see people bash the, these poor kids who put their effort on the floor and lost. <laughs> you know, it's like, why do I care to sit and watch what people have to say about them? But I do. Well, they bash everything about it. I didn't get to see it, sadly, but the, apparently that Chiefs-Bills game is like one of the best games yeah, of the season. It was incredible. It was and amazing. all I saw this morning was like the NFL needs to change the overtime rule. Right. Kind of like, well – you win the toss, you pick what you pick, and the rules, like, yeah. rules are rules. The Chiefs scored the touchdown. That's all they had to do. So, that's it's like, right. yeah, they won in overtime. That's right. Yeah, and someone I, has to have a complaint, for sure. Well, I kind of get it. It might be more fair if, you know, it was played like it was just a normal, you know, mm -hmm. quarter or whatnot. But I was just like, hey, they came out of that overtime ready to win it, and they did it. So, they did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the one cool. thing that I uh, I miss in my own personal journey about not participating or, or believing in sports at all is uh, I'm a really sore loser. And so I'm, I'm trying to learn how to lose. And I realized like chess, like, like, and I learned about uh, chess. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I am like the flip the board over and being like, I suck. It's not that you're good. It's that I suck. That I suck. <laughs> um, but sports and, and that stuff, it's really good to, uh, well, it's good to learn how to lose. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know that I figured it out yet, but you're right. You, you have to deal with it in sports. So, is that so? 
Well, cool. Have we said it all? We want to shut this down? I think we have for the moment. Again, I'm, right. I'm excited to catch up in uh, in two weeks, February 5th and 6th. Uh, you'll yes. be taking walk-ups for in, in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Yeah, for whatever. We'll, uh, yeah, I mean, if people are jamming, in, and... they can DM me through that Instagram or whatnot, um, you know, and set stuff up. But yeah, and it, or if they're there and want to do a little one-on-one lesson, I mean, we can figure it out. Awesome. And uh, I, you, you were correct. I am definitely not swinging down in that direction before boogieing out. I'm also going I was going to say, when you up. were like, I can come down and pick yeah. you up. I was like, I love road trips, but then I, I was well, like, right. Yeah. But I was like, you don't love that road trip. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's like the 95 to the Philly. But, um, yeah. but that said, uh, I do want to come down there for and check out the Philadelphia Museum too. Because, yes. Uh, Baltimore been, Museum, but either Baltimore, way. Excuse me. Yeah, but, uh, it's all good. But and, uh, yeah, those awesome. guys said it was cool. So Perfect. um you know, what I need to do is get my car that happen. next oil change in my car. Cool. Awesome. Well, well thanks, thanks everybody. Again, everybody for watching. Yeah. We had a lot of great. Thank feedback. you so much. Good to see you, Hunter. We'll talk, talk Good to, to see you. Definitely. Right. I'm, I'm Have fun in Austin. Now. Yeah. Thanks. We'll do. Yeah. 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 Thanks All everybody. Right. See ya.